And we are back. Episode 34 of Journey to a Million. The fantasy football previews continue. And look, we did our positional previews. And now we are going to talk some sleepers today. Not sleeper, the fantasy football platform, but we do like that. But we are talking just sleepers and fantasy football and how we are really um, defining these sleepers. We are going to be talking about someone who is being drafted, you know, too late based on ADP, right? And someone who we people who we think should be drafted higher, basically. And with that group, it's a full journey to million squad. Myself, Drew Skyberg, Jared Vlosky is joining us today. Jared, how you doing? Doing good. Zach Roush also. Zach, how you doing? Pretty good. And then we have our guest, Tyler Devote, the Valor's weight room supervising legend is here to join us. Tyler, how are you doing on this Friday morning? I'm doing great. How are you? Doing great as well. Thank you. And uh, yeah, I mean, let's go through this, these sleepers. This is going to be a great episode. Let me tell you, full disclosure, Zach actually guessed one of Jared's sleepers. So uh, there's a little conversation in the group chat. It was a pretty easy guest. It, it, it was. was it's not and, biased at all. So making up the position, right? So I asked everyone to send their sleepers in ahead of time. I'll tell you how it turned out. So we have one quarterback, two running backs, four wide receivers and one tight end. So we basically have a team here and uh, yeah, I mean, I'm going to read the eight sleepers now and then we're going to do a little conversation. We're going to try to guess who, who, who is who, and then we'll let, we'll let people play some defense and whatnot. So here are your eight sleepers. First one, Naeem Hines, Austin Hooper, Devonte Parker, Davis Mills, Christian Kirk, Chris Olave, Brandon Ayuk, and then Chase Edmonds. Those are the eight sleepers us four came up with. And to start, Zach, we'll go to you. Is there any of the eight on that list that you just really hate? I can read the list again, too, if need be. Yeah, read it one more time. So, Naeem Hines, Austin Hooper, Devontae Parker, Davis Mills, Christian Kirk, Chris Olave, Brandon Ayuk, and Chase Edmonds. Um, I'm not a big fan of Olave just because he has a lot of competition. I guess that was that's the one red flag with him coming in as a rookie. He already has Michael Thomas, uh, Jarvis, who's kind of declining. We really don't know what, what's going to happen with Michael Thomas, but that's still, that's still two other receivers. And then if Kamara somehow doesn't get suspended, that's another option. And then I don't think Jameis is proven to be a great quarterback that can support that many receivers and options in one offense. We'll get more to the Olave thing. You know, we'll get through those, but Jared, Tyler, I mean, Jared, we'll go to you. Is there one that surprises you? I would say out of all those, probably chase Edmonds. Um, I just, I've expressed it before. I don't like split backs and it's not that he's a split back, but they just have a crowded backfield in Miami. I mean, you got Gaskin, you got Ed- Edmonds, you got a lot of players there, and you don't really know who's going to get the touches every game. So I just not too confident with that. And Tyler, let's hear yours. Can I hear the list one more time? Uh, here's the list for you, Tyler. Naeem Hines, Austin Hooper, Devontae Parker, Davis Mills, Christian Kirk, Chris Olave, Brandon Ayuk, and Chase Edmonds. Ooh. I mean, for me, it's going to be close between both of the ones they said. Chase Edmonds, he's in that timeshare situation in Miami. I just, you don't know who's necessarily going to come out um, as that starter right now. 
And with the new head coach in town coming from San Francisco, they, they ran that offense where it varied each week. So I wouldn't feel confident taking Chase Edmonds, knowing that he might be inconsistent. And then say, I completely agree with Zach about Olave. I think in Dynasty, he'd be a great stash. But for redraft, I think it's his ceiling isn't very high this year. Because everything you mentioned, he's got so many other targets around him that I think it's going to be kind of a slow introduction for Olave. All right. So those are the sleeper ones here. And then I got to choose one. I want to hear more about. I want to hear more. I think I want to hear more. My mine's probably Brandon Ayuk here is mine. Um, because I know Naeem Hines, I mean, which we'll get to. He's actually the first one we'll talk about today. So I mean, Jared, shocker, that is that is in fact yours. Yes. And uh so I hate to just you know say that one right away, but um uh, as we could guess, that one was Jared's. Yeah. We'll go through these eight and I, I just have a list, you know, random order. We'll have someone take over and talk about it. So Naeem Hines is the first one from the Colts, Jared. So let's hear it. Why Naeem Hines? So, I mean, besides just the fact that Frank Reich said that he's he would draft him if he did fantasy football, um, I just want to say a few things. So, <clears throat> first of all, if you look at the fa- the past, I think it was 2018 and 2020, they had Phillip Rivers in 2018. Cars- or, uh, yeah, Phillip Rivers in, oh my God, 2020. And then whatever um anyways the those two seasons they had good quarterbacks and um when he did that Hines had I think it was 862 yards from from scrimmage and that came in 2020 with uh 482 of those yards 63 receptions from or, yeah receptions so um I just liked I like where he is right now. Like he had seven touchdowns in 2020 last season was hard to judge because he had uh, Carson Wentz on that team. And it's not really a quarterback you can trust as we all saw. Um, But I saw this comparison that I wanted to talk about. So they were comparing Naeem Hines to Cordero Patterson because Patterson was on the Falcons with Matt Ryan. Um, First of all, Matt Ryan used Cordero Patterson as kind of a receiver and I think that that's, that's what he's going to do with Naeem Hines. So he, Cordero Patterson right now, if, if you look, he's listed as a receiver, although we basically know him as a running back. Um, so I think that if Matt Ryan uses Naeem Hines as a receiver, he could get as high as uh, wide receiver two for this team. I think Michael Pittman, obviously, is number one. And then he could be two. I think he beats out Alec Pierce and Paris Campbell. They're not proven. Um, Naeem Hines, he is a great option for PPR, which... We are. And um, just with Matt Ryan, Cordero Patterson had 52 receptions for four, 548 yards last year. And that's when he was technically a running back. But Matt Ryan knows how to utilize a kind of like a slot receiver who was a running back. They, he can work around that. And I think that Naeem Hines is always that, that person that can get those little like tosses, you know, like he had like a Tyreek Hill kind of thing and run around the outside and he's fast and he can make up for the rest of it with his speed. I think that he could be um, the X factor for this Colts team. And I think that he's a great sleeper and he's going at his ADP is 121 and he's running back 43, which is a lot higher than people thought. Um, so I think that he could be, he could surprise a lot of people this year. I, I, I guess you mentioned wide receiver too. I mean, that's something Zach and I talked about possibility of you saying, and in fact, you went with it. Look, I mean, the reception upside, certainly, you know, there with Hines and 
with what you mentioned, right? I mean, there, there's not a lot of competition right now. So there's certainly the upsides there and he's going at RB 43, I guess, Tyler, we'll go to you. I mean, are you buying into this Naeem Hines sleeper? Um, I think he's a good value where he's at. Uh, I think with Matt Ryan, uh, you can go all the way back to the Devonta Freeman days. I mean, Devonta Freeman was a PPR monster and he was splitting time in that backfield with Tevin Coleman. So he wasn't even a full-time running back there. Devonta Freeman wasn't. He had Coleman, you know, dipping into his workload. And so even, let's say Hines is on, Hines is on the field for 25 to 33% of those snaps, he's still going to get enough targets to where he's going he's gonna to outperform his ADP right now. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm with it. I'll take Hines where he's at right now. I didn't realize even he was going at RB 43 right now. I mean, that's extremely low, it seems, compared to other people who are going ahead right now. I mean, Ronald Jones, Alexander Madison are guys going ahead right now. And other ones, also Ramondre Stevenson, who is an honorable mention for me who I was going to choose as a sleeper. But um, what, what are your guys' thoughts? Would you take uh, Hines over those guys, Zach? I would just because I think they're in the same category of kind of those backup running backs. But I think Hines has the most standalone value out of that group. Um, we could see Stevenson come into a role in the Patriots offense this year. But I think as of right now, Hines has the most standalone value. I just kind of want to throw in, I, I think that back, if you look at the 2020 stats, because I I saw a lot of articles that said you can't really go off of 2021 because Wentz wasn't that that guy. Um, 2020 was Philip Rivers, and I think that just him having eight, 862 yards and seven touchdowns, like let's put that into perspective. That's that's more than Kyle Pitts had last year. I mean, he had 1,000 yards, but he only had one touchdown. So he has them to those touchdown, that touchdown value. He's putting up the yards, and in the last two seasons when he had a good quarterback, he's been putting up numbers. So I think Matt Ryan is probably relatable to uh, Phillip Rivers. And I think that they will both go hand in hand. I mean, I think it'll be a, an interesting situation. I think he'll get a lot of value. All right. I, I'm with it. I'll, I'll take him where he is at right now. I'm afraid it's going to start getting pushed up more, you know, as people start looking more into fantasy in August, because some people let's face it, don't look at fantasy football until August. And then they're going to see, they're going to press on the player and they're going to see Frank Wright said big 2022 for Naeem Hines. So I, I personally think it's going to go up over time, but that could be just me here. All right. The next guy here, let's go to Chris Olave. And yes, that is my sleeper. So I'll, I'll, I'll throw some defense in here. Now I'll talk about why Chris Olave. So, you know, going with, with kind of what you said, Zach, right. I mean, you mentioned a lot of things and, um, a lot of things you said, though, were a lot of like, what ifs? I mean, what if Alvin Kamara is suspended? I mean, what or not suspended? What if he is? I mean, what if he's out six games? That's a guy right there. Michael Thomas. I mean, he's not necessarily that deep threat. So looking at Chris Olave, reason why I'm going with him as a sleeper here. Fast wide receiver. I mean, excellent route runner. Just watching, watching his film. I mean, he's going to be a deep threat, I feel, in, in the National Football League. Maybe we might not see it, you know, this first year, but taking a rookie as a sleeper is always tough. So I got I got to throw in college stuff, some scouting stuff and whatnot. But looking at where he's going compared to other wide receivers right now, he is going as wide receiver at forty eight. I will take that value with him, and I think he should be. I think he's. I don't know. He's my favorite rookie redraft receiver this year for PPR, and 
I just think with Jameis Winston, look, he's a home run. He's a home run kind of quarterback. And you might not, you might say he's not that same guy he was in Tampa, but um, look with Jameis Winston, I'd be looking at that. I just think, like I said, um, Michael Thomas, I think he'll be running the slants and we don't know what Landry is going to give. And I think Olave is going to be that deep guy. I think he's going to give you some big plays. I obviously don't think Jamar Chase level, we're going to not going to see that kind of big play output, but I still think it's going to be, it's going to be a lot better than where he is at wide receiver 48. So am I crazy? Let's hear it from you guys, Zach. I'll let you, I'll let you fire back. Um, well, I think we could definitely see him as that deep target, but I think he is going to be kind of a boomer bust type guy this year. So like if you're doing best ball, I think he's a great pick at wide receiver 48. That's some, that's pretty good value. There's a lot of uncertainty right now with the Saints offense with Michael Thomas. Is he going to be back week one? I don't think anybody really knows that for sure right now. Kamara, how long is, is his suspension going to be? We know he's going to come back later in the season. So I, there's a lot of what ifs around the Saints offense, which affect Chris Olave quite a bit. And then I think if you're looking for that home run guy, Olave could be a good option but I think he's going to be very much so boomer bust this year. Tyler, Jared. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with, with Zach. Um, I think he'll outperform his ADP by a little bit. It's just, I worry about his ceiling, you know, with all the other weapons there. Now that could change. Like you mentioned, if, if Michael Thomas comes back and he, he isn't his, uh, his normal self, I mean, we got to realize he's barely played over the last two years. Um, if Kamara does get suspended, I mean, there's definitely an opportunity for Olave to um, at least have a great start to the season. Uh, to me, that's just a little bit too much risk because I think he's going, I mean, 48th overall wide receiver. So I think he's probably going around round, round 10 in 12-team leagues. And if I'm drafting in round 10, I think I'd still be looking at somebody that I'd like to be able to plug and play in my lineup with a little bit more certainty. Um, I know Drake London is going about four spots ahead of him at wide receiver 44. Uh, Burke's at 45. And I just think they've got an easier path to targets. Um, so a lot of it, like Zach said, it's kind of boomer bust. I think he, he might be inconsistent some weeks. Some weeks he might only have, you know, two catches, 40 yards. And then there might be a week where he has five catches where he catches three bombs from James for touchdowns. So I think there's just a little bit of inconsistency that I could see from Chris Olave this season. Olave's going right with, uh, so wide receiver 46. I got, he's going right now. I'm seeing average 113 right now pick. So, right. I mean, puts him in round nine, 10, that range. Uh, Al Nazard is going around him right now too. And then Kadarius Tony's another one. Yeah. I mean, with, with mine, um, I mean, I, I point out the inconsistency as well. So I agree with you guys on that standpoint. I just, with my, I took more with my sleepers, full disclosure, I took more of a best ball approach. As you can see, I'm look. I mean, with fantasy football, of course, tied into, it, I'm looking at guys who, who, you know, I think who could perform their outperform their ADP and in a big way, but at the same time, there's obviously a risk involved too, where they could plummet and uh, Olave's one. You'll hear my other Chase Edmonds. I'll talk about it. I will defend that one too. Um, but, uh, let's go to the next one here. So uh, your, your two were the two that we were yeah, questioning yeah. and I'll, and I'll talk about him. Austin Hooper was the next one. I wanted to go crazy Jared on him. 
I thought you were going to go crazier too, but Austin Hooper, that is Tyler's. Tyler chose Austin Hooper. Tyler, let's hear it. Yeah, so my big thing with Austin Hooper is the fact that Tennessee has no one to throw to. Um, Robert Woods coming off that ACL tear. He might not be ready to start the season. Uh, Traylon Burks looks like, you know, there's some conditioning issues. He might not be a full-time player. You know, I think Traylon Burks could still be a very successful, you know, solid wide receiver in the NFL, but I just don't know if he's going to be on the field enough to really be the, the number one target on that roster. So I think that's a huge, huge deal with Hooper. Um, where he's getting drafted right now, I mean, he's getting drafted late. I mean, he's someone you could take in the last two rounds of your draft and, you know, and still have solid production. I don't think he's someone you want to target as your number one tight end. Um, let me see. I think he's getting drafted. Let's see. Based on Yahoo's, he's getting drafted as the 25th tight end. So he, he's getting drafted around 205 overall. Like I said, somebody you can take in the last round if you want to take your kicker the, the round before that. Um, he's definitely somebody that you can pair with a top-end tight end if you get one of the top five and you just want a solid backup at the end, solid target. Um, let's face it, if you don't end up with a top-five tight end, there's not a huge gap between you know tight end eight all the way down to tight end 25. There's not a huge gap. So I'd rather – put my middle round drafts into wide receivers and running backs, um, even quarterbacks, then take a tight end in, in those middle rounds. So I think Austin Hooper is just a great value where he's at. I think he's getting drafted below his floor. I think at the high end, he's probably a, you know, high end tight end two or even possibly low end tight end one, depending on how uh, tar targets work out in Tennessee. But I think his floor is probably mid-range to low-range tight end, too. So if you can draft somebody, you know, at or below the floor, I think that's always good value in a fantasy football draft. Tight end 22 right now is with where Hooper's at. He's right behind Gerald Everett and right around Logan Thomas and Cameron Brait. Uh Cameron Brait's going to probably be dropping, too, with Kyle Ruff. But, yeah, I mean, Tyler, I, I really I, I like that pick. I mean, we were talking tight ends a few days ago, actually, uh, just – and um, look, I mean, it's guy you mentioned and I'm all for that one as well. I mean, I, I love the, we, we talked about our tight end episode, great or late is how you want to roll. And I tend to be the one who goes to the late option, but um, I'm with it. Jared, Zach, are you guys buying this sleeper? Yeah, I think he nailed it. I like, I like the defense. I mean, like you said, Drew, great or late. I think after the first five or so tight ends go, you're kind of like, whatever, I don't care who I get anymore. Um I think he's a solid backup. He could be a starter on a fantasy team, but that's a stretch kind of. Um, the only kind of flaws I see with this is I'm big on Traylon Burks this year. Um, her arrival to the Colts, I know, but I talked at, my, at our live show. I said that he's my rookie of the year. I think he's going to be. Um, I think he, the system is good. And the question is his health, if he his conditioning, if he's able to you know stay on the field. But that's one thing. And the other thing is, I mean, Ryan Tannehill, we've talked how, how you know, mediocre he can be. Um, it's It all comes down to, I mean, Derrick Henry's there to get the first downs. But if, if Ryan Tannehill can pull his own and, you know, just carry the team as much as he can, I think that Hooper would be um, a good option there. It's just a lot of what ifs, just like with the um, Chris Olave. And I, as a fantasy owner, I don't really like what ifs and risks, but that's just me, maybe. 
if you're willing to take a risk, then you can't, you can, but I don't know. That's just how I see it. And then one thing I was was going to add one more thing. So then you brought up Brian Tannehill and I've seen a lot of people talking about last season and how he didn't target a tight end, but last season he had no target to throw to a tight end. They had a lot of decent tight ends that were good run blockers, uh, but no one that was a real threat in the receiving game. But if you look at Ryan Tannehill since he's been in Tennessee, I believe he's, he's thrown 35% of his touchdown passes to tight ends, which I think is a huge statistic, especially when you're looking to draft a tight end too. You want to get players that are, are going to be red zone targets. So I think that's um, an area of uh, Tannehill's game that I think if he relies on tight ends in the red zone, that's huge for Austin Hooper. And there's been plenty of reports in camp about them developing a lot of chemistry. They're, they're the two that are on the field right now getting those reps in. And we see how much chemistry matters when it comes to finding a connection between a QB and a wide receiver or tight end. You look at guys like Cooper Cup, who obviously is a wide receiver, but that the time that he put in with Stafford played a huge role in, in the targets and everything that he got. So I think Ryan Tannehill is good for a tight end as long as they have you know decent receiving ability. Yeah, I was going to say something uh, similar to Tyler. I was going to bring up John New Smith in uh, 2020. He got that big contract with New England after. So we've seen Tannehill support a top 10 fantasy tight end. So that's not a big worry for me. I don't think Hooper is going to be able to get back to what he was in his last year in Atlanta. But I think he's definitely going to be better than what he was in Cleveland. So I think there's going to be that happy medium. And I think, as you guys have all said, where he's going right now, that's good value. He's got some upside, and I think he has a, a decent floor as well. I guess because you're looking at him then as yeah, like a tight end too then, right? I mean, that's kind of what we've mentioned is kind of where you'd want him because I don't see him sneaking into the top 12 for tight ends. But, I mean, some weeks as a streamer, you never know. So um, going from there, um, let's talk about our next sleeper. Davis Mills is our next one in Zach. I will let you take the stand here. I'm going to give you a couple minutes for sake of time. All right, let's hear it. Davis Mills. So Davis Mills, obviously not the best offense, not the best weapons, not the best quarterback, but he's going as quarterback 30, which I think is below where his ceiling is. It's probably at his floor, which Tyler, you mentioned before, you like to draft players at their floor, below their floor. You think that's a great strategy, which I would have to agree. Um, so a lot of quarterbacks take that second season leap. I think he could see that. Um, so last year he pretty much had two bad games that really hurt his average points per game. His his game against Buffalo, he had no touchdowns, four picks, and then against the Colts, he had no touchdowns, two picks. But he had an average or a consistent thirty to forty attempts a game, which gives him the opportunity to put up fantasy points, yards, touchdowns. He's not one of those quarterbacks that's throwing 20 times a game. If you look at his end to the season, which so I'm looking at final five weeks of the season, he had a 92 touchdown interception ratio, which is very good. He averaged 21.34 fantasy points per game. And then also in this off season, they didn't improve the backfield a little bit. They went from Rex Burkhead. Now they have Damian Pierce, the rookie, and they have Marlon Mack. So I think the offense will improve a little bit. Um, they have a decent offensive line. They have some pieces. I shouldn't say decent. It's probably bottom half, but they do have some linemen that they're 
definitely not bottom five for offensive line wise. And I think he's going to take a little bit of a leap, improve. We might see him up in the 16, 17 points per game range is what I'm predicting. So quarterback 20 around there. And to go with that quarterback 20, Zach, look, all four of us are in a dynasty super flex league, a startup coming very soon, guys, if you think about it. August 6th is the date. Or is it? Yeah, it's August 6th. And um, looking at that, I mean, you need top 24 quarterback. You're starting, Zach. Bravo. I'm right with you. Um, love the pick. And I'm all for it. Jared, Tyler, let's hear it. Yeah, I'm, I'm for it. Uh, everything you said is, I mean, accurate. I, I like, I think he'll have, like you said, I mean, if Zed, if Zed is four at 30, that's way too low. I think he will be above that. My only one concern would be the receiving core they have outside of Brandon Cooks. It's kind of looking rough. Um, but you said he doesn't throw the ball much, which is true. So I, I guess he'll, he's a mobile quarterback. So he'll make up with that or make up for that with his mobility. Um, but that's the only kind of concern I see. Yeah, I'm all for it too. I think QB 30 is, is way too low. Um, I think he's definitely worth a pickup as a backup quarterback uh, for your fantasy football roster this season. Um, as you mentioned, the receiving core is concerning. I, I think I liked Mills' outlook a lot more um, when we had the thought of Mechie coming in and playing from the slot. I thought he would have been a great addition. Obviously, it's it's really sad to hear um, with his you know diagnosis of leukemia. So I think that that hurts Davis Mills a bit because um, outside of Brandon Cooks, they they don't have much. They they need Nico Collins to really step up this year. They've got Brevin Jordan, who's a very athletic tight end. So he's got some options. It's, it's just a lot of uncertainty, a lot of youth still in that receiving core. Um, the running back situation, you know they. They improved their depth. They got a little bit younger compared to the last season in that running back backfield, but there's still just a lot of question marks. But I like the value for where he's going. Um, the only reason I, I didn't choose him is just because when I look at QB sleepers, it's it's hard to say that he's ever really going to see your lineup. You know, QB is one of the most consistent positions that as long as your quarterback's healthy and you have a top 10, type, uh, top 10 quarterback, you're probably starting that person every week. So – He's a great value for a backup quarterback towards the end of your draft. Um, 100% think he's he's worth that pick if you want to scoop him up late as your backup QB. Um, so I, I definitely agree he's going to outplay his draft position, though. Yeah, yeah you the might... offense was definitely... Go ahead, Zach. The offense was definitely one of the concerning things when I was looking at him as a sleeper. But I think he proved he can put up some fantasy points with that offense last year the offense wasn't great either. So I guess I was kind of looking at that. I'm not saying he's going to be a great quarterback. Obviously I think we all agreed on that. So I think the offense, they have enough weapons to provide him the opportunity to get to that QB 20. Hate to, you know, butt in here and move us on, but the time is up. Thank you, Zach, for the Davis mills talk here. And let's go to Christian Kirk here. Now, Tyler, we're going to need you to take over here, do your second sleeper. Yeah, so Christian Kirk, I really don't think they paid him all that money to not let him get involved. Um, based off of Yahoo's ADP, Christian Kirk is going at a whopping 43. So he's getting drafted as a wide receiver four 
in 12 team leagues and a wide receiver five in 10 team leagues. That is below his floor. He's a top 10 paid wide receiver in the NFL. They don't pay receivers that kind of money if they're not going to use them. Um, I think Trevor Lawrence is going to get a very consistent target. I don't think Christian Kirk is going to have some wide receiver one season, but a wide receiver floor, once again, is absolutely his floor. I think it's very realistic that he finishes um, at least as a wide receiver three and possibly even sneaks up to that wide receiver two range uh, as long as he stays healthy. Um, he's a second round pick coming into the draft just what, four years ago. Uh, so I think this is fifth, fifth season in the NFL. Um, so he's got the athletic profile. Um, he's been consistent when he does get the opportunity last season. I mean, he had over 80 catches for over a thousand yards. Um, I don't know if he's necessarily going to be a huge red zone threat, but I think he will have a little bit of consistency in PPR leagues. Um, but once again, I just think he's a player that's getting drafted below his floor and, you know, I could very well see him squeezing into that wide receiver two range. I love it. Um, to talk about sleepers, I mean, there's a lot of sleepers who, I mean, Brandon Ayuk's in his range right now, ADP-wise. Ramondre Stevenson, who is one of my honorable mention guys to choose as a sleepers right there. I mean, there's guys in that range right away that point out to sleepers. And I, I love you bring the money point up, right? I mean, if you're going to sign a guy and a um, guy like even Christian Kirk, right, for all that money, I mean, in a pass-heavy offense in Jacksonville with Trevor Lawrence, you would expect them – you know, to go, go with it. And I I'm all for it. I'm, you know, again, lower value guy. I mean, you can get him at his ADP and um, who knows if that'll shoot up, you know, cause they, they will fluctuate more as we get closer to the season. But um, Jared, what did you, what do you think? Um, I like the pick. I think that we all agree that when we heard the price that he, or the amount that he got, we all said he was overpaid. Um, but maybe that's because they see something in him that no one else does. And maybe they're going to utilize him, like Tyler said. So I think if they can, if Lawrence can find his target, maybe that is Kirk. Um, maybe he can get up there to be a wide receiver two on the team. Um, I guess that that's probably his ceiling. I wouldn't think, I wouldn't think he'd go any higher than that, but yeah, I think where he is going right now, I think, yeah, it's a good sleeper pick. I mean, not to make us all agree on every pick, but, uh, I kind of like this pick too, just because I think Trevor Lawrence was a little bit shaky in passing last year and being a second year this year, he's going to be a little bit more comfortable. He has an extra year of experience, has an extra off season working with his coaches, his line, all that stuff. So I think he's going to be more consistent of a passer and we can see Kirk be, he can benefit from that. That's what we want to see. If you're drafting Christian Kirk, another guy for me, like I hate to bring in best ball again, but I, I think he's a perfect best ball guy to take too. I mean, just looking at a guy, you know, who, who knows how well he could perform and a guy who's going so low and that's someone you potentially want on your team in those late round picks, especially in best ball, because it can be brutal sometimes if you do not come prepared, just can be. And uh, let's go, Jared. We're talking Devontae Parker. You did, in fact, choose him here. Currently, wide receiver, 58. So, wow, let's hear it. So, yeah, so I looked at the New England Patriots depth chart to start, and I saw that he was listed as their number one. Um, kind of back and forth with Jacoby Myers and him. I think that Jacoby Myers could be the one. 
Um, they're pretty close. But yeah, like you said, um, wide receiver 58. His ADP is 135.3. Um, he's going around the place of players like Tim Patrick, Alberto, and DJ Chark, and Gerald Everett. Um, Mac Jones, still young. Um, I think that he has a lot to prove. And I think that if he can get his passing game under him, then it'll, it'll show a lot. I think that people think that the New England Patriots are still going to be a run-heavy offense. But I did some deep... Uh, what do you want to call it research and uh, not to get too uh, wordy here, but they run a, uh, a system. The, I don't know if you guys know what the Earnhardt Perkins offensive system. Um, this used to be a run heavy offense system, but now what, what it is, is they're planning on doing this next year. They're going to have empty backfield a lot more and they're going to spread their receivers all across the field, three, four, five of them even. Um, and just kind of like open the field a little more. And if Mac Jones, finds his target it could be like i said jacoby myers could be his number one target um but it uh, it easily could be Devontae parker and i think if he can find that player and just kind of grow with him and get some chemistry with that with parker i think that he could really grow and be i would say probably a solid wide receiver three on a on a fantasy team maybe a two so the, the my question goes jacoby myers right now is wide receiver 56 uh Devontae parker yeah. wide receiver 58 or Myers at 56, you take Parker. Is there like, it's like I said, it's back and forth. I think both of them could go either, either place. I, I that's what I was kind of looking at. I wanted to do Jacoby Myers, but I thought Devonte Parker was kind of the, the lower end. And I think they're basically the same player. Yeah. Um, I, I, I took Myers. I mean, in mine, but, um, yeah. or, but Tyler, uh, are you, are you buying some Devonte Parker stock this year? I'm kind of on the fence about this one. Um, I think there's a real real chance he could come out and be the number one receiver there uh, for the Patriots. I just worry about that offense as a whole because we don't know what that offense is going to look like. Um, I know they're going through a you know, system change, and you know they might they might you know run more wide receiver heavy sets. Um, but with how much they invested in running backs these last two years and in, in the draft and in free agency, everything like that, I just I have a hard time seeing that they're just going to completely flip and be this pass heavy offense. And even if they did, I still worry about Parker and his consistency and his ability to stay on the field. I mean, he had one solid year with the dolphins and outside of that, he's, he struggled with consistency and he struggled with staying on the field. Um, so as long as he stays healthy, I think he will outperform his, his uh, average draft position right now. But I don't know if I'm buying it. I think I'd rather go Jacoby Myers because he's shown a little bit more consistency um, and ability to stay on the field. So, And those are the type of guys the Patriots really lean towards. They lean towards those wide receivers that could be consistent. You've seen that. doesn't matter how much they pay a wide receiver. It doesn't matter where they drafted him. Bill, Par- uh, Bill Belichick, I don't know why I said Parcells. Uh, Bill Belichick, he's going to go with the guy that's you know showing the most consistency. So, I don't think it's a bad choice, um, but I'm I'm not necessarily sure that I'm going to jump on board uh, for Devontae Parker just yet. Zach, I saw your mic coming in and out. What do you want to add? Yeah, I pretty much agree with everything Tyler said. Um, there's injury concerns with Parker, and then I also don't see the Patriots flipping to a pass-heavy offense. 
I think it's just how Bill Belichick and the Patriots organization is run. I mean, you look at Tom Brady, think about how much more he's airing out now in Tampa than he did in New England. That's Tom Brady. Like, that's not Mac Jones. And I think with Stevenson, uh, Damian Harris, I think that's a great backfield. You have to lean on that backfield. And I think they're going to stay with the, the run-heavy offense, get tight ends involved. They're going to stick to their game. Yeah, I mean, if you want to say um, Devontae Parker's going to outperform his ADP, sure. But, like, um, and him and even Myers, too, like, how mu- how many spots, right? I mean, they, they can outperform by a couple spots. And um, my my um, other thing was going through, I think we're going to see some sort of, you know, maybe we're going to see, like, well, Ramadre Stevenson, will he be the one who really outperforms his ADP? Will Kobe Myers, I still think there's an opportunity for Parker as well, but I think there's a lot of mouths for God in terms of, ADPs that um could be outperformed. I think there's a lot of guys here, and it's just which ones will be, which ones not. Because like I mean, like you both mentioned, like everyone's mentioned. Quite frankly, we don't know. I mean, we don't know with this uh, New England offense. I think this is one of the bigger question marks. And uh, we went a little long on that one, but you know that one had to be. Um, but Brandon Ayuk, let's go to that one now. And that is actually Zach's last one here. And. Zach, you know, Brandon Ayuk with the 49ers. Trey Lance's guy is Trey Lance is officially the number one, as we've heard. And let's talk about Ayuk, Zach. My bad. I was muted. You are muted. So uh, I think, yeah, I think a lot of people got turned off at the beginning of the season last year. He had a great rookie season. Then he came out for seven, eight weeks. He didn't produce at all fantasy-wise. People were benching him. He's probably got dropped in a few leagues. And then second half of the season, he really came back, turned it around, didn't get quite to where he was as a, at his rookie year level, but he drastically improved from the first seven weeks. And there's been reports he was out in California training with Trey Lance. So they're building that chemistry. Tyler, you mentioned it before. Um, chemistry is very important with quarterbacks and who they're throwing to. Um, not to read too much into it, but Debo was not in California, I heard. So... Just putting that out there. Uh, after, over the last 11 weeks of 2021, so last year, last 11 weeks, he averaged over 13 points per game, which is great improvement over like three or four years averaging in the first first couple weeks. And then also last 11 weeks, he had six plus six or more targets in nine of the 11 weeks. So we like targets. Targets lead to catches. And Everyone knows that, right? And then after week eight, he was also on the field for 92.3% of plays, whereas the first um, seven weeks, it was around the 65%. So he saw uptick in playing time. He also saw uptick in target share over the last eight weeks, 24% target share. And he is a wide receiver, 14 overall after week eight. So where he's going at wide receiver 40, I think, that's great value. He's going around so going around the same area as some of the other guys that we talked about already, Chris Olave. I would take him over all those guys that we've talked about already. Okay. Um with Brandon Ayuk, by the way, Zach, that 20 seconds of you muted does count against your your time here. Sorry. That's how we operate. But um look with Ayuk, my my concern again is it's Trey Lance. I mean, we saw even with with like George Kittle, I know small sample size, but those two games that Kittle played with 
Trey Lance were not great. And, uh, you know, I know you mentioned that they were working it out, but I just in in a season fan in football, I just I, I don't know. There's a lot of questions I feel with that. But of course, when you're with that region in that area of guys, I mean, there's always a lot of questions with those guys. I mean, there's a reason they're there. So if there's a matter of, you know, you like Brandon Ayuk more than a guy like Chris Olave or others, of course, um, of co- you know, that's, that's a preference there. And uh, looking at Ayuk, certainly, I mean, the target share, like you mentioned, it's going to be there in 2022 to 2023. And um, you can't argue with that. And that's something you're going to be looking for. So at, at that point, I mean, I, I'm with it. I think he'll outperform where he's at right now. And I mean, with that, Tyler, you agree with that? I'm I'm not so sure. I think he's getting drafted right around where he should. Um, I I'm on board with you about Trey Lance, and it's not that I don't think Trey Lance is going to be a good quarterback. I just worry about the passing volume in that offense. In one of his two starts last season, he had I think it was either 17 or 19 carries as a quarterback. Uh, his other start, I believe, he had nine carries. So it's kind of that Lamar Jackson type effect of if he's running the ball a lot, they're not throwing the ball as much. Um, I think Brandon Ayuk could be very efficient with his opportunities as long as he gets them. Um, but I just – I don't know if I see a lot of upside in Brandon Ayuk. Um, I do like his value where he's at right now. I just don't think he's going to necessarily dramatically outperform uh, his current ADP. I mean, I, I kind of agree with everything you said. Um, I think that my one concern, another concern that Zach kind of lightly brushed on is with Debo Samuel. If he is uh, on the team still, obviously his value is going to go down. Um, Ayuk is, but I think that Ayuk is going around where he should. Um, he has a lot of talent, a high ceiling. I think he could outperform, but like Tyler said, I don't think that he goes any higher. Is he at, you said he's at 40. I think he could finish at maybe like a 35, but I don't know if I would go feel comfortable going any higher than that. Zach, I mean, anything you want to add with that or you, you comment? Yeah, I, I think those are all fair arguments. I just think Trey Lance is going to be able to push the ball downfield more. I think he is going to be pretty efficient with his, with his um, receptions and targets like Tyler uh, said he might happen, but that's, I guess, what I'm looking at. I think it's just a big risk too with Lance, like you guys said. It's yeah, it's a lot of what ifs and what will happen with all these guys. That's what makes them sleepers. So yeah. credit everyone for defending them. And look, I might need a, I might need a lot of time here. There's a lot of convincing. So you know, maybe maybe I just had ten minutes to the clock here. But Chase Edmonds here is my pick, and you might be looking at me like I have three heads, right? There's four running backs in the system, and. It's going to be an overall who, who knows, right? Mike McDaniel comes in and you might be like, how is he a sleeper? Well, let me tell you why. So I, you know, I deserve some points here for being brave to take this one. Chase Edmonds. Look, he was in, right. I mean, he was in the same division as Mike McDaniel last year um, goes out. I mean, he, he plays as a fiddle to James Connor and James Connor had a big year. We know with touchdowns, but the receptions, I mean, that was Chase Edmonds story. I mean, I'll call him a better version of Naeem Hines because that's what I think we'll see. And uh, with it, I mean, seeing him that much, Edmonds, he gets a two-year or $12.6 million deal then with the Miami Dolphins and Mike McDaniel was with them too. So it seems like, you know, 
you go out and pay a guy some money. I mean, I know Tyler mentioned with Kirk again, it's different in terms of the volume and how much, but a two-year contract here to guy Chase Edmonds, he saw him. I mean, there's, uh, there had to have been some influence there and they're, you know, with him. I mean, he, he had to have seen something in order to make that signing. And I just, you know, 903 total yards last year. He's been on an uptick throughout his career. And I always like to highlight stuff that the fantasy football community puts out and CJ of the Roto street journal points out some great things here. I got to mention. So the 49ers running game, it has, um, and that's where Mike McDaniel is coming from. Right. I I, I hate bringing that up. They have um, had for running backs, 499 carries and over 2000 yards, 22 touchdowns. That was in 2021. And then like other years, it, around the 2000 yard range is, is what you'll see. And I mean, you, you can expect, right. I mean, right now, and I hate to, you know, rely on reports to reports come out that they say he's the lead man right now and out of camp. And, you know, how much can you buy into that is the other thing, but you know, if he's the lead guy, I mean, the games without James Connor last year, there's two games. He averaged 19.95 PPR points a game and a, a 26.7 was the high there to bring that up too. And, you know, he, he's put together some great stats as well. Um, 850 total yards while averaging 5.7 yards per carry. So I just think Chase Edmonds is a great fit there with, with um, the dolphins. And I know like there's, again, there could be a lot of mouths to feed there, but I think Edmonds might stand out as that one guy. And where I just think with the four guys being there, that's kind of decreased his value to some extent. I'm willing to take that, but it's not a lot of, you know, it could be hit or miss there. I'll admit it. And um, that's kind of where I'm standing with that. Look, have at it. What do you guys think? I mean, I think I said it at the beginning. It's just like you said, a lot of mouths to feed. You got Molster, you got Michelle, Gaskin and Edmonds. I think Edmonds will be number one. Like you said, uh, I think he will stand out, but it's just, it's really risky. So if you want to take that big risk, I mean, go ahead. That's, that's all on you. Like I, he's on my fantasy, my dynasty team sitting on the bench right now. I think I'm going to wait a few weeks to see what his value is. And then I'll look to either trade him or somehow start him because I do have, have a like, suitor. I do. Yeah. I, I do have like Josh Jacobs and, you know, Miles Sanders. I don't really like them, but I think that he could be a, a solid player, but I think you have to wait a few weeks into the season to see where he's actually going to be or not. Maybe even just training camp, see what comes out of that and, see where his value will be there. Anyone I'm, you know, have at it. I, I kind of like it. Um, I think he is going to lead the backfield. I can see him getting 15 touches game mixed between rush attempts and catches. So PPR, I've seen that add some value. We know he's going to get, he's going to catch the ball. He's done in his whole career. And I think he's going to be the, best fantasy running back out of that backfield. Um, we could see some little dump offs from Tua. I don't think he's going to be workhorse back by any means. I don't think he's going to be, he might be 50% of the touches out of that backfield. Maybe a little bit more the 50 to 70 range, somewhere in there. But I think he's going to be able to perform to his ADP. So I will say that I definitely like your Chase Edmonds pick a lot more than the Chris Olave pick. That is what I'll say. Really? Uh, I do. I, I just I just don't necessarily know the ceilings there for Olave, but with Chase Edmonds, I do see the ceiling. I do see the potential. 
you know, if he's able to come away with that number one, number one role and actually, you know, get rolling. You look at Elijah Mitchell last year, right? They were, it's kind of a uh, crowded backfield going into the season. And he did come away and have, you know, a solid RB2 type of season. So I could see Chase Edmonds reaching that. Um, you look at just the athletic profile, and he's a far more explosive player than Sony Michel. Uh, Sony Michel, I can't even tell you the last season he's averaged four yards per carry. Um, he's a far more explosive player than Miles Gaskins. Mostert has, has struggled to stay on the field. He's 31 years old. He's had injury issues for the past four to five years now. Um, so you could definitely see the path there for him to take over that role. Um, second thing is he might have some competition with Miles Gaskins, um, just as far as a receiving role, but he's a very good receiving back out of the backfield. So I think he definitely gets a little bit more playing time on third downs, um, in comparison to Sony Michelle and, uh, Mostert. So I don't mind that pick. Um, like I said, I like that choice of yours um, over the, the Olave choice, but um, there's just a lot of a lot of unknowns um, in that offense right now. Yeah, and you know, going back to Olave still, just you know, if you take a rookie right as a sleeper, you know, I I, I knew there was gonna be questions right coming on a show talking about it because look, I mean, it's a rookie, you don't know. I mean, it's hard. It's hard to predict a ceiling, and is it even possible to predict the ceiling of a rookie receiver? And uh, with that, um, Jared or Zach, were you guys going to butt in and say something? Yeah, I mean, I didn't really say anything about Olave, but I mean, that's kind of the reason I didn't, just because he is a rookie, and I think that I don't really have an opinion where I can stand by and prove with facts because it's like you have to go off his college stats and stuff, and I don't really like making an argument about that, but. Yeah, I'm going to give you credit for uh, choosing Edmonds. It's a it's a risky one. I think that if you like I said, if you're willing to take that risk, I mean, go ahead. I, it's not something I would do, um, but I mean, that's that's basically all I got for him. I think he's just uh, his ceiling is high, but you just got to see what he's off to at the start of the season. And one other thing I'll add is, you also have to consider your drafting strategy. I mean, if you if you go a bunch of running backs early, then you know you might need it may not need to chase Edmonds, but the dead zone for running backs is real. You look at rounds, you know, five to eight every single year, there's not a lot of success for running backs in rounds, even even four to eight. There's not a lot of success for running backs. So if you are one of those people that that wants to draft, you know, wide receiver, quarterback, tight end heavy, um, at the beginning of drafts, he is a solid choice. Um, if if you do um, want to avoid the running back dead zone and, and take a running back later. I think he's definitely got a lot more upside than some of the guys going around him. You look at like Michael Carter, I think Brees Hall takes most of the work there. Uh, you got Stevenson in New England who's sharing the backfield with a bunch of other running backs. So based on his value of the other running backs going around him, you know, I don't think he's a bad choice if you do decide to, to go running backs later on in the draft. Yeah, that's what I want to hear. Uh, Zach, is there something you want to add here before we wrap up? No, I'm, yeah, I guess they pretty much hit it all where he's going. He's got some value. He does indeed. And yeah, to wrap up here, as of when we're recording, we still have one spot left for a $20 PPR Fantasy League. Tyler, if you want to take that spot right now on the show, you know, consider it sold. 
I'm in so many leagues the way it is. I'll have to get back to you. Okay, so that spot is still up for grabs. If you want to reach out uh, on our social at Drew Sports Crew and um, that's for Instagram and Twitter and then Facebook and YouTube is at Drew Sports Crew. We have a TikTok now. Keep that in mind. We post some great stuff on there. Jared was unfortunately the victim the first time around. But hey, you know, go check it out. Drew Sports Crew. Jared was good sport about it. So, you know, go check it out. Um, Other things to mention, guys. Yeah, we have a live show coming up Friday, August 12th at the Pets at Pet School Brewing in Manitowoc. We'll be talking fantasy football and we're going to be doing a Packer preview as well. We'll be answering all of your fantasy football questions. So if you come in and ask, how good is Naeem Hines? Jared will tell you exactly what he said here uh, with that. And then please bring up Jet stuff at the, at the show just for Zach. Right, Zach, you're going to have to hear the 9-8 stuff. So... Do you still believe in that, Zach? Just side note. Maybe not nine and eight, but I think they got seven, eight wins in them. Oh, yeah, I, Tyler, I backed off a little bit. Tyler, you've heard this right. Down. Zach predicts the Jets go nine and eight next year. Ooh, that's tough. <laughs> Division they're in. That's a that's a hot take. But... We love to tell our guests that. Hey, they they've got a they've got a young squad. You never know. They if any team is gonna pull a Bengals type of year, it could be the Jets. A young QB, a lot of receiving options around him. Defense has some pieces. I don't know if I'd go nine and eight. I think that's a little risky choice, but I don't think they're going to be as nearly as bad as they were last year. No, but I, I do. Every one I see, every person I see that posts on the Jets has them at like four or five wins. And then there's just Zach at nine and eight. So I just, the, re- <laughs> just think the it's reactions funny. people give us. When we when we inform them, Zach said nine and eight on the show. It, it it is something. I mean, it is like I don't even know. It is just something I've never seen before. Um, that, that's the main hot take we really have on the show. We um, otherwise Zach just being a Justin Herbert stand, which I get behind as well. So that's the other thing. I didn't I didn't mention the nickname for Jameis when I mentioned him. It's famous Jameis. Keep that in mind. That's also coined by <laughs> Journey to a Million. Uh, but yeah, I guess. That'll probably wrap it up here for Tyler, Zach, Jared, and myself, Drew Skyberg. So thank you all for listening to yet another episode of Drew's Sports Crew, the journey to a million, the perfect podcast for you.